everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And what do you know? Another one possession loss. Just a one possession game in general. Yeah. That's five in a row. Woo! Were we three plays away from five and zero? Oh? Well, I guess well we would have had to go for two here, losing by seven. But yeah, <laughs> so close. Just so close. It's, that's what hurts the most, Nathan. That's the lyrics, yeah. <laughs> hey, as always, though, close loss means our content does quite well on, on the app Twitter.com. So there we go. That's, that's what we thrive. We thrive in these painful conditions. I'm just glad we used Twitter.com, not Facebook.com this week. But I'll yeah, be- uh, Matt, you've been quiet so far. Uh, what's your quick reaction to this game? It's disappointing to continue to lose whenever it felt like we were in a position to win several times or at least to tie it up and give them a run for their money in overtime. It's just disappointing. It's disappointing to lose. It always is. But to lose in the fashion that the team has lost in consistently throughout the season is much more disappointing. But we can get into that later. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with the never really 60 seconds but called 60-second game recap. Let me take a sip of water before I start this one. I got the the timer up. Three, two, one. This game started looking like a defensive battle early on because it started punt after punt after punt. But NC State finally breaks through with a touchdown with two minutes left in the first quarter. But then Tech answers with a drive of their own, a nine-play, 75-yard, four-minute drive to tie the game at seven. After that, it's back to defensive dominance. The Wolfpack punt. Kendall throws a pick. NC State punts again. Tech punts. But then midway through the second quarter, we have back-to-back scores as both NC State and Tech kick a field goal. But a few drives later, NC State kicks another field goal as time expires in the first half to put the Wolfpack up 13-10, to and that keeps Tech from being able to immediately respond again because of the halftime break. The Wolfpack get the ball first to open the half. They punt. Tech punts on fourth and one. That ends up only chaining 10 yards in field position. That NC State scores two plays later to go up 20-10, to 10, which was a pretty good year, in my opinion, 2010 was. Tech field goal. NC State touchdown. The game, the score is going in the wrong direction with a 27-13 to 13 score late in the third quarter lead by the Wolfpack. A three and out by Tech makes it feel like it's kind of the end of the game there, but after a fourth down stop, it takes less than two minutes to make it 27-20. to 20. NC State answers with a touchdown, but Tech answers that touchdown with a touchdown, and now it's 34-27. Tech gets a very much needed three and out to get the ball back with only three minutes left to play, but although the Bulldogs are able to move the ball down the field, they end up running out of time like I did in this segment and fall with a final score of 34-27. to Classic. 118. Good job. Get, you're getting closer. Yeah, getting yeah. better. You were actually at the 30-second mark at halftime, so I thought you might you might have a chance, but um, the, the second half was a lot more action-packed there. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Where do we start? How do we normally Let's do this? Start I don't even with, remember. I think the elephant in the room with yep. the the final drive where tech is down seven. Right, the real thing that I want to talk about, and that's kind of what I want to talk about this first, just so we know how long this discussion goes, is that late in the game, we have tech needs this drive. They need to score on this drive and they're moving the ball pretty well. They get the ball at their own 11. Uh, they mm-hmm. move forward. They move forward. They end up getting to the NC State 37, where they face a third and five. Kendall throws an incomplete pass. Oh uh, there's a timeout. There's a false start on Tech. Makes it a fourth Bull and ten. Shit. All right. Fuck we can talk about this reps. part first. I'm not yeah. even to the part I'm talking about yet. Yeah. But to cut you off. So, okay. I, I hate I hate this this rule where a defensive lineman can jump and an offensive lineman can like trigger the offsides just by jumping back. 
So it it's just I don't know how you fix it because other than just say offsetting penalties and there's no change like that. I would actually prefer that because tech on an earlier drive, I don't know when third quarter, fourth quarter at some point jumped offside, but didn't even cross into the neutral zone. And an NC state lineman jumped to say like, Oh, he, he, we got him. He jumped offside and they called offsides on tech. They called encroachment or whatever, giving them a five yard, you know, five yard bonus, maybe a first down. I don't know. The exact same thing happens on fourth and five nc state jumps doesn't quite go into the neutral zone one of tech's linemen you know responds and the the officials talk about it for what two three minutes and skip is standing there uh you know like come on you better fucking call it the right way like you did earlier and they did not they called a false start on byron russell who jumped in response to an nc state player moving early and uh yeah put us in fourth and ten almost uh almost cost us the game right there but Austin Kendall can do Austin Kendall things and he's able to scramble and pick up 12 yards just enough for a first down, even after the, the BS fall start penalty. But because of that scramble. Yeah. So I, I, goes have, down. I have more thoughts about the refs on this play because Kendall gains 12 yards and gives himself up. At least, I, at least, you know, I think he did. I don't know. Maybe I'll disagree, but he's going to the ground. He's diving towards the ground and an NC state player comes in and just fucking nails him as he's going to the ground. Just like basically spears him with his shoulder into the rib cage, uh, crushes him into the ground. I know he's not in a he's not a, a defenseless player or whatever, like a quarterback, you know, in the pocket is, but that in my mind should have been a penalty. Kendall's hurt, um, can't get off can't get up to get back to the huddle. So tech either has to burn their last time out or put in another quarterback for a play. Um, and I'll let you pick it back up there, Nathan. Yeah, and I I was rewatching it as you said that because I haven't seen the broadcast and so I just pulled it up to kind of have next to me while yeah. we're talking about this because I didn't notice that that was my, that late of a hit. I was too excited about making sure that he got past the sticks yeah. since there is no yeah, actual sure. yellow line on the field. Um, but yeah, so he's hurt. Tech has one timeout. And what do you think on watching it back? Do you think it was a late hit or, or no? I think I would have been upset if roles were reversed and Tech had been called for a late hit there. Oh, in we a close game like this. No doubt. We would have Austin been, Kendall no. dives head first. The NC State player dives with him down. Uh, there's a few different angles of this. I I think it's I think that's clean enough. I don't think that that's that's worth the penalty. Um, it's just unfortunate. It also hits his left side, which I'm not really sure what part of Austin Kendall has been hurt so far this year, but it's been pretty much the whole left side of his body. So <laughs> well, he comes I, out for a play. Well, I completely disagree with that. Uh, it's nonsense in college. If you, if, if it's not, if a quarterback gives himself up or if yeah. he's diving and in college, you don't have to touch the player if they dive down. Whereas in the NFL, if you fall down, you're not down automatically. You have to be touched by another player, opposing player. It's absolutely nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, especially with all the safety protocols and the emphasis on head injuries that they would. I don't uh, think he was diving. He got tripped up. And so he was still moving forward when the NC State ah, player made contact with him to keep him I from going. We're two I yards past at the line here at this point. I don't know. This, but this if you're NC State, you're trying to keep safety, any kind of momentum moving forward. Or whoever, safety or corner, whoever it was, charged up from like 20 yards back and was going to hit Kendall no matter what he did. And I I don't know. I've, just, I've seen that call so many times where it's like he he hit a guy who did not need to be hit. And I don't think you would argue that Kendall didn't need to be hit there, right, Nathan? I mean, he's already almost on the ground when contact is initiated. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. I don't care if he got tripped or whatever. If it was fairly obvious he was falling to the ground yeah. and to drill into him when he's practically already on the ground is ridiculous. And I don't yeah. care if it was, oh, I got caught up in the momentum of the game or blah, 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 all this other generality bullshit. Uh, it's not, it's ridiculous. It should have been called. It may not have been fair as I air quote, but it should have been called. And what's worse is not only was it not called, but what followed, I would argue is worse than the no call. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so Kendall has to come out of the game because he got hurt, right? If there's a yes. penalty there, he does not have to come out of the game. I don't think. Correct. If he's ready to go on the next down, I'm, he can well, go, but there's no penalty. I think so. So if you're Skip Holtz, you've got two options, right? You can call the timeout, like I said earlier, the last timeout with 41 seconds left, I think, on the clock. Yes. Um, or 48 seconds. No, 41. It was 41. Um, That's the main or, reason I pulled it back up, just to see how much time actually came off the clock on this. Or you can put Aaron Allen out, which let's let's say what just the facts, what happened, Nathan, first, yeah. and then we can talk about what we wish would have happened in hindsight. Yeah. Aaron Allen comes into the game, uh, heads up to the line. Uh, the clock starts running. Before they're even set, because normally what would happen if there wasn't an injured player is Kendall would he would get up. The clock would stop while they move the chains. Once the chains are set, the play clock would keep moving. But because he was injured, that stopped. He got off the field. And then once everybody was ready for play again, the play clock and game clock, more importantly, started moving again. Yeah. Aaron Allen was unaware of this. Yes. Very, very obviously unaware. I was trying my hardest to make him aware of this in the stands. <laughs> so was Skip. So was Skip. Oh my <laughs> god! Why didn't he just call it? So that why? Yeah, didn't yeah. He we just we call can talk about what we what we wish would have happened, Nathan. What what happened? Uh, the clock runs down. Clock runs down. Eventually, at 15 seconds, 16 seconds, he takes the snap, throws a deep shot to the right side of the field to Trey Harris. Mm. Moderately, I mean, a decent enough pass. Pretty, pretty decent had a chance. Pass. Yeah, overthrew him by about a yard. I'd say he was open. Yeah, but and so it, it's not the worst play call in the, t- the world. What I was hoping would happen uh, in the stands, what I was kind of rooting for was Aaron Allen would head up to the line and spike the ball because it's first yep. down. You care That's more about was, the clock right now than you do move. about the downs. What I was thinking in too. hindsight, that is absolutely the move. You you send him up to spike. You got thirty five seconds on the clock. You know when when that plays over at worst, right? Yeah. Um. So obviously, uh, okay. So should we finish out the game here? Or should we should we pause here and talk about? I, I mean, to finish out the game, there's was this another run by Austin Kendall for eight yards and then an incomplete yeah. pass or an interception. So five, Might as well be an incomplete seconds, pass. Five seconds left. Left. Tex got the ball at the 22. Austin Kendall has Trey Harris open for a second, but there are just too many bodies around. It gets picked off by NC State. It was the ball I thought was a little bit late um, coming out of his hand. But I mean, what are you going to do? Right. It's uh, I don't know. But yeah. So. Okay, so obviously I think we all agree that the ideal situation is to send Aaron Allen out and say, as soon as the ref gets off the ball, spike it, and then get Kendall back in. To be fair, maybe Skip didn't know if Kendall was going to come back in, though. We don't know that, right? Still, you got to stop the clock. But but you stop the clock and let you. 100%. Or, I mean, you have the time there, too. I don't really even hate the play call itself with, okay, this is what we're going to do. Not really. If the clock isn't running and you don't take forever to snap the fucking ball. Well, yeah. if you're all ready to snap the ball as soon as the clock starts running, then sure, sure why not take this deep shot oh, here? Yeah, you have, run that you have time to talk about the play beforehand. It's like a timeout beforehand, except the clock doesn't stop stopped. Well, so one other thing I want to say in defense of Aaron Allen, because at the time I was not in defense. That's a really <laughs> hard position to be on the road, yeah, yeah. Uh, against a number twenty-three, team yeah, 
Yeah, it's hard to be the back coming in cold. Yeah, exactly. I mean, coming in cold on the road against a ranked team, and you're being tasked with potentially trying to tie up the game to go to overtime. That's hard. And just not make a mistake, right? Just yeah, do not throw a pick on this play, Aaron Allen. And we don't I mean, know what was said on the sideline. Did Skip even get a chance to talk to Aaron Allen? Did he tell him like the clock's going to be running? Obviously, he did not tell him the clock was going to be running. Either that or Aaron Allen just like had complete tunnel vision and wasn't listening to whatever coach told him, right? But I'm curious, do you guys think Skip should have like immediately realized that Aaron Allen did not know the clock was running and called timeout with like 30 yes, seconds left. Absolutely. A- absolutely. Because it's one thing to be, it's one thing to be like, Oh shit, because you're so caught up in the moment. And when yeah. I say, Oh shit, I'm, I'm playing a skip here who suddenly realized the clock is moving. And then you call timeout because at yeah. worst, maybe you waste only 10 seconds, maximum 15, but to let it really roll all the way down 30 seconds is inexcusable. Yeah. He snapped the ball with what, two seconds left on the on the play clock, Nathan? Yeah. You've got it pulled up. I, I mean it was quite have it, it to that moment. I yeah, mean, but he, it was somewhere, somewhere around there. He's yeah, he he started making like adjustments at the line of scrimmage with like eight seconds left on the play clock. So oh, we're not complaining about any of this if he throws a ball that results in a touchdown. One score. second on the play clock. One second uh, on the play clock. One second on the play clock. My God, just amazing. Looking back again, I'm, I'm replaying this, which is probably not making me the best podcast host right now because I'm watching and also talking. But there's an official that goes down with an injury, at least it looks like, on the sideline at the same time, too. Aaron Allen is off to the side, and Skip Holtz is talking to the to the referee during that injury timeout for Kendall, too, and making sure he's okay. I'm wondering if uh, that oh, wow. could have been part of the reason why but you know the full what, attention there, wasn't given to Aaron Allen. But there's an offensive coordinator. There's a quarterback's coach. It's ridiculous. Someone yeah, somebody's got to say that. Yeah. And I'm not going to totally pin the blame on Aaron. No. He, abs- he absolutely should have realized it because it's ridiculous that someone who has had playing time on the field at the collegiate level for this football team didn't realize it. It's not totally inexcusable for him, but for one of the coaches not to say, Hey, the clock's going to be running kid, get out there and spike the ball or Hey, maybe or get we out there and run the play immediately yeah, fast or fucking run and throw it out of bounds. Do something. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever the case, he was completely unaware because you don't start making at at the line adjustments, you know, 15 seconds into the running clock. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you're not unaware. So, I mean, that is definitely something that I think, you know, obviously that the the rule book wasn't coached well, right? In in spring ball, in fall camp, like you got to practice for these two minute game winning situations, right? Or game saving situations like. Right. And, and if you're the backup quarterback, you're still in the room when those things are discussed. So I, I don't know. And what really chaps my ass worse on this is Skip is chewing Aaron out on his way off the field. I'm just thinking to myself, how could you stand there and watch the clock roll? Just call the timeout because you didn't get enough time to tell him to spike it. You didn't get enough time to tell him to hurry up and run the play. Then you've just got to you just got to call timeout. Yeah. And I realize that that well, that sucks because you're still if you call to the score, timeout right? there. I mean, we're at the 30-yard line. Austin and Kendall he, obviously can't run for eight yards. We'd have to go for a couple out routes. But you got it's first down, so you spike right. the ball or you call timeout and it's still first down. You got four plays to get to the end zone with 40 seconds left. As it stood, we only ran two more plays. And that's what that's what sucks about this. Tech yeah. may have not scored at all. Yeah. But it doesn't it, matter. It may not have mattered, but we didn't put ourselves in the best situation there at the last 40 seconds. And that's what sucks so bad about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm in complete agreement about that. Yeah, one last thing to say about the actual game clock thing, just from being at the stadium. 
is that the play or both all the clocks, all the score, everything is on top of the video board, on top of the highest section on that side of the bowl. Um, and there were several times I was trying to figure out which was timeouts left, which was this, which was that. But the clock itself is on top of everything that's on top of all the wow. other stuff that's on top of a video board that's on top of a section and a half of seating. Yeah. Uh, so if you're Aaron Allen, not used to being in that environment and not used to looking up. And also one thing that kids are taught is don't look at the screen because then you're going to see yourself. It's, it's going to say, like, I remember yeah. hearing about that with the Cowboys stadium when that opened was, hey, look, don't look up there because it's going to throw you off. And so him probably trying not to look at the big TV in the end zone kept him from seeing the game clock, too. I mean, that's an excuse. There's a million of them. Uh, but I think that might be an important thing to know. Which brings us back to call the goddamn timeout. Yeah. Just call it. I, I mean, I think I think in hindsight, option one should have been send Aaron Allen out, spike the ball, keep the timeout. Option two is let's just call the timeout and put our best player, our literal, the only reason we're in this game, let's put him back out there with 41 seconds on the clock and first and even, 10. I hadn't even really considered that. Yeah, if you spike the ball, even if you only take off five seconds max, then shit, man, you got 36 seconds of timeout and only 30 yards to go. You could yeah. probably pull it off. Then again, I mean, you're just as likely to pull it off as you would be if Kendall hadn't gotten hurt, right? Right. The chances are much higher. So, yeah. Look, I, I, I don't know. I'm. It's it's very it's very unfortunate what happened. Yeah, and that's the third time that we've said that. Very <laughs> on unfortunate. Show yeah. In five weeks. So. Well, yeah. And it's the, frustrating. The the yeah the frustration is palpable to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's talk about something that's not as frustrating. Another kind of key point in here. I think we had talked some in our group chat about this before, uh, maybe this game, possibly the one before it, but tech in the fourth quarter and not playing the best later in the game. Oh, tech man. outscored NC State 14 to 7 in the final quarter and had a chance to take that last oh, uh, do you want you want to give me my soapbox time now or you wanna <laughs> yeah, that's what I was that's what I was heading yeah. to. Okay. As personally at this game, it felt like when it was 27 to 13 and Tech had just punted, gone three and out with two minutes left in the third quarter, I kind of yeah, thought felt, we were done. Yeah, yep. pretty much over by that point. And, and what's the what's the move on skip, right? We had Josh post in our our private chat, right, about how like during Skip's tenure, like we're we're plus one hundred in the first quarter, but we're minus thirty in the fourth quarter in scoring. And I, I mean, look, <laughs> I saw I've seen some takes on Twitter um, about Skip's play calling, about specifically Skip's fourth quarter play calling in this game, which if that's your take, I'm not going to name names here, but if that's your take, you're not fucking looking at the box score or the play-by-play or anything. Like, you're not looking at anything. Because, okay, uh, first of all, in the third quarter with 12 minutes left, we have a, we have the ball third and one, and Skip decides, what's the conservative play on third and one? You run, run up the, the gun, ball. right? Yeah. Run, just run, you know. Uh, HB sure. dive, right? That's a conservative call. What does he do? He calls an over-the-top pass to Smoke Harris, who, by the way, was open. Kendall just missed him by like a yard over over his head. Smoke is short. It's it's fair. Now people are like, "Oh my God, Skip, you're you're playing like what are you doing?" Okay, you can't call him, you know, conservative ass Skip, and then get mad at him when he makes a a good call. Smoke was open, and we just didn't execute the play. That happens. If we had run up the gut with Marcus Williams. Is he picking up the first down? I don't know. Maybe. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry in this game, so maybe he's getting it. But also anecdotally, about running Marcus Williams, it it only felt like he could run the ball when they weren't expecting him to run. Right. When they were expecting yeah. the run, it Agreed. didn't work. Agreed. 
And did those same people that complained on that third and one, did they complain on third and three when we gained 31 yards on a pass to Griffin Hebert? I didn't fucking see it. So I, I don't know. Like, what do you want? You want him to run on third and three or you want him to pass, you know, 15 yards down the field and get some yards after the catch? I don't know. The end of game sequence, we've already we've already touched on. Skip, I think, could have definitely done that better. Right. And, you know, I, I'm not going to defend him on that specifically. But the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter play calling NC State is the number seven defense in the nation coming into this game. They've allowed 249 yards per game including 80 on the ground, 169 through the air. They've allowed 13 points per game. And what do we do in the fourth quarter? 210 yards, two touchdowns, and a 67-yard drive that ends at the buzzer with an interception in the end zone. So, like, what about his fourth quarter play calling are you not liking? I don't fucking understand. Three tu- three touchdown drives, essentially, with the, you know with the pick in the end zone. 210 yards. This team's given up 250 in whole games. Skip. Skip's play calling in this game is the only fucking reason we lost by seven and not 40. What do you want with the play calling shit? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, you're dead on with that. I mean, but I was just going to merely say it's people are going to be incredibly, incredibly derisive or derisive, I should say. I think it's derisive. That's what that means. Derisive. People are going to be incredibly angry. Okay, look, it's take three. People are going to be <laughs> super happy when you make a gutsy call and it works. And then they're going to be incredibly inflammatory when you do it and it doesn't work. So it's one of those things where you can't win for trying. It's yeah. uh, but those are, I hate, because this is a lot of the, this is the way a lot of sports fans think, unfortunately, especially a lot of tech fans. So I don't want to insult our entire fan base here or the vast majority, but that's just the way a lot of sports fans are. You, no matter what, they're going to find something to complain about. Yeah. Unless the unless even when the team wins, people will find something to complain about. But I, it is unfair. It is unfair and kind of contradictory. 480 yards in this game against right. a defense that was number seven in the fucking country. Right. That's and that's skip calling plays. By the way, skip called all those plays. The 480 yards worth. I'm right. just saying. And which is tremendous. Uh, if you look at the box score, what was accomplished. So I have nothing against the play calling or anything like that. Uh, we'll get to what my problem is later, but yeah, you're, I think you're dead on. Uh, I don't think, I know you're dead on that Skip was making good play calls. And yeah. uh, I mean, the proof is in the, st- the proof is in the box score right there. We base we basically doubled NC State's stats in every category. I mean, not, not quite doubled 480 versus 249 um, was their average. They averaged 80 yards on the ground allowed. We put up 139 rushing yards. Um, a lot of which were Austin Kendall. Shout out um, Austin Kendall for being very good. <laughs> um, they they had uh, 169 passing yards allowed per game. Uh, we put up 341. They allowed 13 points per game. We put up 27. So I mean, well, uh, this is a great yeah. team. We just we just lost to oh. right. We still lost, and I know that's your frustration, Matt. But indeed, but I was just going to say that with NC State, there was talk about oh, this is a trap game, which I think talk like that is silly. These are serious athletes and trap games, I think, are a myth. But leading up to the game, I think you guys saw the article or not the article, but the quotes from the NC State coach who said that he recognized that La Tech is a very good team and that they are not taking this matchup lightly. He said we had the best offense that they'd seen so far this year, which we did. Fuck you, Devo Devo Sweeney. (laughs) So he did. The coach wasn't taking La Tech serious. like a, like they were a joke. They were taking them very seriously, and I 
it should be even more praiseworthy what the team was able to accomplish, given the fact the coach was prepping them to face what he considered to be a very good team and the yep. outcomes. So that it speaks volumes about how great the team could be referring to Louisiana Tech here. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fans t- I talked to before the game were at asking us to take it easy on them. They they recognized <laughs> what this team <laughs> was. A lot of them are using the whole we lost to Mississippi State by one and they lost by more uh, argument for a lot of things. So that, that's what they really knew us about was the offense and the fact that we played Mississippi State better than they themselves had. Uh, but yeah, I, they no one I talked to acted like this was a trap game. Good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that speaks to our reputation too, right? It's and even you know, if the fans think it, I couldn't really care less what the fans think. But well, I know just the that's the aura around where around you are, the, uh, the stadium. That's well, yeah. good, but I knew that the players weren't going to take this lightly, and it was nice to see the coach wasn't going to. So I, it speaks volumes to how good the team could be. And I'm still, I've still got my complaints, which. We'll brush yeah. later, but so uh, just a tough ending. Yeah. Why, why don't we go ahead and jump in officially to like what was good about this game? I know I just talked about the overall stats, which obviously I think we all agree were very good. Um, what about some individual performances? Um, Nathan, what did you think being there in the stadium? You know, what was your sense of seeing this version of the Bulldogs for the first time in person? Yeah, that's fair. This is the first time I've seen Austin Kendall in person. The team was probably as much fun to watch as I remember them being watching them on TV. It felt like there was always a chance that we would have a decent chunk play down the field because Kendall was back there. The mm-hmm. third and three you talked about with the pass play to uh, Griffin Bear that ended up getting us, I forget how many, 30, but like yeah, 30, 30 yards something. or something like yeah. that. That That's the kind of thing that I've come to expect from this team. And they were able to do that against what we, we think and we hope at this point was a top tier FBS Division One uh, defense, pretty much the same thing. The run game left a lot to be desired at times, especially when you knew it was a running situation. But Tech's defense also held firm against an ACC offense. Granted, probably not the best ACC offense, but Jonathan Knight, who was my player to watch going into this game, I thought he was held in check until I'm looking at the stats now, and he had six and a half yards per carry. But I didn't yeah. really feel like the running game was as big as it was anecdotally, it's kind of weird looking back at these stats and seeing that I know we're in what was good, but apparently this wasn't as good as I thought it was. He did have a long run of 25 yards too. So, I mean, that, um, that'll definitely help his, his average a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, I thought offensively Marcus Williams jr. Continues. He doesn't have great stats on the stat sheet. Like it's 16 carries for 59 yards. Okay. But like, he's finding ways to get three yards when he should probably get tackled for like a one yard loss. You know what I mean? Like he he just seems to make the right cut. And I think when we get into conference play after this bye week coming up, you know, he will start to see the, the benefits of, you know, his efforts so far and he'll start to have those hundred yard games we, we want, but the wide receiving core, I mean, Bub means is so good. It's just so exciting to watch. He had six receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I just love I love watching this wide receiver core, which is something that we did not anticipate going into this season because there were so many question marks. Yeah. And speaking of, I guess not receiving core, but people who catch passes, I have one more good thing, but I think I want to save it for my player of the game. Anything else we want to say before we move on to that segment? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So then, yeah, I'll go ahead and move into it. 
my player of the game, this game, from the very first time Tech added a score to the scoreboard, Jacob Adams, the fullback, who was one of the things I did realize watching this game was how often he was on the field coming in on first and second down, a lot of times coming out on third down. Watching the substitutions is fun when you're in person, something I've kind of missed so far, only being able to watch on TV. But just wide open a couple times on these catches, and it was just fun to watch a guy who's not Bub Means, Trey Harris, Griffin Bear, Smoke Harris, the people that we know on this team. And just, wait, that's right, Jacob Adams, he plays on this team, and he's doing a good job at yeah. a P5 opponent of making this a game. Yeah, I think I think that first touchdown was like a was it like a schemed pass where he was just wide open because they weren't covering him because he's a blocking guy. It was a, yeah, it was a slip out of the backfield, pretend to be a blocker, yeah. a slip out and wide open. Yeah, I, I shouted from the stands. I love you, Jacob Adams. So I think I <laughs> have to give him the player of the game. Fair for enough. Me. Fair enough. Yeah, I think this game had his first career reception. I could be wrong about that, but. Oh no, he had he had four last year and one in 2019. So, including a touchdown last year. I just apparently forgot all of the 2020 season, but I will go ahead and give my player of the game to Austin Kendall who was just I mean, the first pick was wasn't great. Um the second pick, I don't think anybody's going to fault him for cuz you have to make a throw and you know, whatever happens happens, but he also ran the ball for 15 carries for 71 yards, um, including that huge 12 yards on fourth and 10, um, 26 of 43 passing for 341 yards, three touchdowns and two picks. So just an all around solid day um, from our quarterback. And I think he's just starting to look comfortable. So like, I'm pretty excited about him as our quarterback moving forward this season. Matt, you got a player of the game? Yeah, it's Kendall. And it really shouldn't be anybody but him. Over, yeah, four, uh, over 400 yards of offense. I mean, yeah. that alone, that alone is enough for me. 412 yards of offensive production out of this man against a very, very vaunted NC State defense. That, yeah. That's enough. And no, I do not consider the last interception a fault against him. You have to put the ball in the end zone. So no, I'm not going to yep. fault him for that. The first one was I bad. mean, it would have been worse if he threw the ball out the back of the end zone, you know? Yeah, it looks better the- on the stat sheet, but it's a worse decision. <laughs> Right. So that goes without saying. And uh, that's my guy. And yeah. you, made a, you made a good point there uh, about him settling in. And I find it humorous. He's a pharmaceutical sales rep in DFW and gets asked, hey, you want to go four hours, or really five hours in Dallas traffic, five hours east to Ruston to play for Louisiana Tech? And oh, by the way, you only have three and a half weeks to four weeks to prepare for the first game. It's against, <laughs> and it's against uh, Mississippi State. Yeah. And the first two of the first four games you play in are going to be against. Well, historically, Mississippi State has had some stinkers uh, as far as teams go, but to play in Starkville on the road against what I suppose is an okay Mississippi State team to play on the road. I mean, he's had a tough go. Some really tough games. Uh, these first this first month of play, uh, southeastern Louisiana. Well, I want to talk about that. That was a nightmare to watch in person. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, my goodness, I've lost so much track of who we played. Uh, SMU, who was SMU. Yeah. Um, so, and then he. You know what's the most exciting to me is that we have not seen him against a conference USA defense yet because he didn't play. That's, in ooh, yeah. that's that's what I'm alluding to. Is yeah. you made a good point there by saying. He's just now, well, you made a good observation, I should say. 
that he's just now settling in. That's the, this is the perfect, I mean, our, we all would rather be four and other than one and three here, but it's the perfect, it's the perfect time to settle in. I've had time to kind of cool off from my initial reaction to losing this game. I was, I still am really disappointed that the opportunity was so great for them to tie it up and maybe lose an overtime, whatever, but not being able to get the opportunity stung so bad. And I've been one of the most critical people on Skip, but big picture wise, it's disappointing that after nine years, you still don't have the wherewithal to make the right, to make the right decision there down the stretch. And I've kind of had time to step back and look at it. And I'm still hypercritical over the fact that he has such a shit record against P5 schools, even if comparatively to other CUSA coaches, it's on par, just a little bit worse than others. I still don't like the weak mentality of wasn't willing to roll the dice, which is one of my favorite quotes from him. Uh, Stuff like that. I will not shit on him for the offensive play calling in this game. I have no problem with the way the game is called (laughs) play-wise. Decision-wise, yes, I do. So Matt, why don't you go ahead and answer the the question since you're kind of going going yeah. here um, with your wrap up thoughts. thoughts? Do you think Tech went, and do you think Tech died? You know, did Tech go? Did Tech die? I kind of touched on this last week, where or the last podcast, or whenever it was. Since I'm so drugged up, uh, almost every week has been a unique situation. I'm like, this has never happened before. I'm turning into like the narrator on The Bachelorette. Uh, <laughs> but Yay, you, mean, you mean Lil John? Yeah, small John. Um, so <laughs> this week is no different. I feel like this is the first time in history where uh, tech went and are stuck. They are physically they are physically stuck. And what I mean by that is I cannot blame the players for the outcome of this game because looking at the squ- the stat sheet, there was they gave it all they had and they do every game, but. When you're not in control, because I don't want to put all the blame on Aaron Allen for the gaffe at the end, when the players, when it's not totally in their hands and it's in the hands of the people that are supposed to be in charge of making sure that the players are in a position to win and they drop the ball, no pun intended, that sucks. So yeah, Tech did go. And even when they were on the precipice of getting their asses kicked, we talked about the 27-13, I thought it was over for sure. Oh yeah, same. Uh, They did go. But right now, this team is stuck, which seeks perfectly into the fact that it's a bye week this weekend, which is perfect, is absolutely perfect. I think the stars are kind of aligning right now. This is what I've been able to uh, reflect upon after Evan and I's very uh, battle in the uh, GTPDD2 chat, which resulted in a glorious Twitter exchange. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe I still have a lot of problems with Skip Holtz. I think that I don't think I need to quit doing that. Dr. Anderson, I'm sorry. You tried to correct me on that when I was in history 201 <laughs> nine years ago. Oh, uh, noted podcast listener, Dr. Yeah, David Anderson. Yeah. yeah. So I have a lot of problems with Skip Holtz. I'll never fully appreciate that guy or fully ever feel as though he's the best possible coach for the team. But this is a glorious opportunity yeah. for, for Skip and for the team more so for the team, this is a great time to heal up Bell, but also Kendall. That man's taken a beating, and not because the offensive line has been horrible and great at times, but but because I mean we saw we saw the hit, we talked about the hit, 
that happened where he had to sit up, where he had to stand out of play that ultimately, I think, decided the fate of the game. This is the most pivotal part of this season. The out-of-conference games are over. It's time to really see just how good or bad, and I am leaning more towards good, how good this team really is. I, from, what I, from what I've seen and how I'm feeling right now, LaTeX got a real good shot at competing for an appearance in the CUSA title. It's a CUSA title game. Yeah. Remind me to ask you what drugs you're on right now, because I, Several. I like optimistic <laughs> Matt. Several. This is where it's put up or shut up. Yeah. If the team is as good as I am starting to believe they are, it's, it's time to shine. It's time to win a lot of football. It's time to go nine and three or eight and four. It's time to get a, a spot in that CUSA title game. It's time to win yep. the CUSA title. And if Tech wins the CUSA title this year, I will be the happiest person in the GTPDD. I'll be the happiest person on earth because that's what I've wanted more than anything else since I became a La Tech supporter. I've wanted a, I've wanted a, a CUSA title and I'm starting to believe that goal, which I originally believed was unachievable, is quite attainable. Yeah. And I think what, what Matt and I uh, got into got into <laughs> it about on Saturday night was that I said this team is still good and it, it, it or has the potential to be great, right? I said, you know, this is a good team. We we just lost to a great team. And I didn't say it in the most tactful way. So Matt and I got into <laughs> a little a little t- a little tiff. tiff. But um <laughs> but uh but I, I think that it sounds like you agree with me now though that tech is i needed i just needed time man yeah no i yeah i'm not trying to dunk on you i'm just you know well yeah i know that but it's so tough losing to mississippi state on a blocked field goal losing to smu on a hail mary almost losing or having the almost almost losing or having a chance to lose to sela but getting lucky on that fumble and then this, I mean, it's just, this is not nearly as heartbreaking as Mississippi State no. and much less heartbreaking. This was a good football game, right? It was. It was. And, and it hurts to lose. Yeah. But I'm not always going to be in the most positive mood after losing a football game. But after yeah. just simmering down and realizing, what the fuck, Matt? This team's 500. Well, wait, wait. We're not 500. We're two and three. And they've got a, all the rest of this is Kusa. And this is a, this is starting to look like a really good football team with what looks like a tremendously talented quarterback leading the, leading yeah. the charge. So it's in the words of Neville Longbottom pulling the Gryffindor sword out of the sorting hat. It's not over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's see what happens. So, yeah, I mean, as far as, as far as our question, right. Um, I, yeah, did they think, go and did they die? I think tech went, obviously, you know, you, you went toe to toe with a a very good team, at least uh, you know a top twenty team um, at this moment in time. Um, you know, offensively looked great. Defensively, there were some things you know we could have we could have done better um, in terms of tackling specifically. But um, detect die. I don't think so. I I don't think losing is the only like it's not a binary where you lose, you die, you win you you did not die right i think you know there are just certain games where it's just a battle and honestly tech could have gotten blown out in this game even you know we're, we go down 27 to 13 and we all thought okay well this is going to get ugly here because tech hasn't done anything in a while and nc state figured it out and then we didn't we didn't back down we didn't die i mean shit happened at the end of the game poor clock management whatever you want to call it i mean it it 
it caused us to lose or it helped in our loss. Maybe we would have lost in overtime, but I don't think that the way this team responded down 14 points in the fourth quarter is it is a death. I think that they put themselves in a position to have a shot to win this game and it just didn't happen. So I think Tech went and, you know, just they didn't die. I, I don't know. Like they didn't win, but that doesn't mean they they died. Right. So that's my take. Seems to be a matter of contention there, but yes. Yeah. I'll go ahead and cast my vote on Evan's side then and make it two against one. And uh, I think, and say that, yeah, Tech went and did not die. I kind of downplayed how good of a, a team NC State was in the preview episode. I still don't think that they're a top 25 team. I still think that they probably are a top 35 team. Uh, but they're a, they are a good team. Tech was a good team. Any game that ends on the final play is a good game, and that says a lot about this Tech team, especially the fact that they were – I know we've said it a bunch, but the fact that they were to come back from down 27 to 13 against an ACC school, that will end with a winning record and end uh, possibly with a division title the way the ACC is going right now. If this season did not have our one-point loss to Mississippi State and our two-point loss to SMU with A.L. Mary in it already – and it just this was a first our first loss or what other ways the season went before now where it wasn't just heartbreak after close win after heartbreak after close win i think we would be seeing this game in a different light this isn't going to oklahoma in 2014 or 15 or whenever that was and losing by 40 uh this was a yeah, that's good we game the name. yeah and when a I game that i was happy to spend 30 dollars to watch in person Tech went and did not die. Uh, so yeah, uh, Tech doesn't play next week. It's a bye week, like we said already. After that will be UTEP, who, by the way, this week plays Southern Miss. Uh, yeah, UTEP four and one. <laughs> if you have yeah, that, Southern Miss Ooh. one and four, and yet FPI predicts Southern Miss to win by seventy percent. Wow. So yeah, I just I just an, have one more matchup. thing to say here, Nathan, before you wrap yeah. up. So far, Tech's opponents so far this year are sixteen and seven. That includes uh, all of the teams we played. The remaining opponents are 20 and 16, so not quite as good as 16 and 7, and they're all Kusa opponents, as Matt said earlier. So, yeah, I mean, running the table's not out of the question. I'm not going to jump to that conclusion, though. No, of course not. I mean, you never are. But UTSA looked pretty rough last week against 0-5 UNLV. They only won by 7 at home. UAB got destroyed by Liberty, which Liberty's a good team, but... I mean, they got destroyed in their home, uh, their new stadium's grand opening. So I don't know. We got a shot. That's that's more than we all thought, you know, a couple weeks ago with UTSA and, and um, UAB looking unstoppable. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it's possible. We'll have to see how it goes and we'll be there to preview and then recap our probable one possession games after they happen. Yeah. But that about wraps it up for this edition of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our website where we have contests up this week, including a pick'em and a contest, an actual contest. Evan, what do those look like right now? Yeah, so the pick'em, tech fans, make sure you do it. Even though we don't have a game, we're still still running the pick'em, so make sure you head there. There will not be a GTPDD contest this week. I have not finished grading uh, last week's yet, but looks like the there are four uh, winners with 13 points um, each. 
Um, Jake, Tintin, Patrick James, and Phil T1 each scored 13 points. Or wait, nope, that's the wrong thing. Never mind. That's the pick'em. Those are the winners of the pick'em last week. I haven't finished the <laughs> other one yet. Um, currently in first place of the pick'em, we got 509 dog, and then Josh Farrar is in second with 74 points, two behind 509 dog at 76. Um, let's see. I'm down in 14th place, 69 points. Nice. Uh, tied with our boy Daniel Adams. So yeah, uh, make sure you make sure you play that. There are nine games this week. Um, that'll that's up now. So go hit that up. And I don't have to fly to Washington D.C. to Nathan's house anymore because Tech. Oh man, I, I forgot about that. I'm gonna go to I mean, we to almost go to Ted's won. Too. Were you were you yeah. looking up flights? Uh, this is not a joke, and I'm not saying this is for the podcast. I actually had uh, a Google tab open on my phone. Just in case I was going to have to be like, Julia, I'm booking the flights now to save on cost. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a tab open and I was like, can Spirit at least fly to Baltimore and we can just take the take a train like we did last? I don't know. I was looking up all sorts of stuff and then they lost. So, yeah, I was avidly looking, not avidly, actively looking at uh, the, the thriftiest way to make my way up to the mid-Atlantic. If you want to keep like re-upping that, butt, that bet before that every bet? game... That butt. Yeah. Re-upping that butt butt and we have show title. Yeah. Also, while you're at GTP GTPDD.dogs, head to the shop where you can get, because it's now October, the October shirt of the month. It just says we have football and some clap emojis. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. There's a reason why. And UA, uh, UAB fans were mad online. I, UAB fans were very mad. Not that any UAB people listen to this podcast because we sure as fuck don't listen to any of your bullshit. But we, uh, I, uh, I do not support that. <laughs> I haven't really come out and said that publicly or privately to any of you guys, but I don't like that. I, and that's coming from someone who's like the king of saying the most derogatory, inflammatory shit. If the football team had stayed away, I don't think it would be funny. The fact that they came back actually okay. makes it funny. I suppose so, yeah. I just I, think it's funny. Well, Dog. that's Evan, yeah. That. <laughs> but if you're not like Matt and you actually think that the shirt is funny and you may be thinking about driving to Birmingham on November 6th to Give watch Tech the play the Blazers and you want a blue shirt to have for that road trip, and you know that it takes about two, two and a half weeks to get the shirt in the mail. It may be a good time to go ahead and buy that We Have Football shirt. Anyway, that's gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. the perfect time to settle in yeah. for everybody because now well we're one to know in kusa are we not yeah what's what's yeah, yeah. goodness gracious yeah see i told yeah. you guys i'm tired i'm on a lot of medications <laughs> listeners uh so we're two and two uh two and three two and three two, two and, and three. three good lord yeah. is how much time has gone by in the season <laughs> jesus i know we've, we're already we've in the bye week yeah we're almost halfway there halfway there